Okay, I have half a dozen different things rattling around the old dome, and I'm hoping to maybe iron out a few of them and get something out of the wash, as I keep saying. So, yesterday I spoke a little bit about creativity in relation to the warrior training that I was doing with the kids. It was a good creative outlet for me because there's there's no path laid out in front of me. I'm not following any kind of a procedure whatsoever. For the most part, I don't even plan what I'm going to do on any given Monday evening. I might have a think about it. I like to I like to incorporate one thing that's new if I can at all, or maybe even just change something up every week just so it doesn't become stale for me or the kids. And you want the kids to be to be always looking forward to it because they never know what to expect. There's a there's a huge part of that. The the no knowing what you're going to get is great. I love a restaurant in Navin called Zucchinis. And what I love about it is because you know what you're going to get. It's not the best restaurant in the world, but it's never bad. I don't think I've ever had a bad meal in the place. And that's all I'm after. I'm not a fussy person. The food should be hot. It should be, you should give your order once. It should come out in a timely fashion. You should be asked for a drink and get it and all the rest of it. You shouldn't be left waiting around to order something else or to pay your bill it should all, like and again I'm not looking for them to be I'm not looking to be waited on hand and foot just get the basics right and I'm happy out what I'm looking for here in this scenario is consistency I want it to be the same I don't want I specifically don't want any surprises I want to go and I want to relax it's my downtime I want to chill out focus my energy on having the having conversations with the people I'm with and not have my energy pulled away from me to try and get somebody's attention to ask where my fucking food is or whatever else. But anyway, I digress. With warrior training, it's literally the opposite. You don't want to know what to expect. You want to be on edge almost. It's supposed to be exciting. That's the whole point of it. And to to keep it exciting, you have to keep it fresh. And in order to keep it fresh, you have to change it up. So in that sense, it's a great, it's a great creative outlet for me. I get to kind of flex that part of my personality, and I enjoy it, and I love it, and it's great, and it's going from strength to strength. Happy days. Don't know where it's going, but so long as the trajectory is good. Of it, this is another thing that I've spoken about endlessly on the podcast. This idea of trajectory. So long as your trajectory is good, it doesn't really matter if you have a finely tuned plan laid out in front of you if you're heading in in a good direction and things are you're getting a bit of positive emotion from incremental steps basically incremental improvements then it's all good another creative outlet that i have that i didn't mention on the the podcast yesterday was the podcast itself like this is pure pure creativity I have some vague idea generally of what it is that I want to talk about, but for the most part, I'm trying to, I suppose, collate random thoughts into something more, something more structured. And I suppose it's essentially practice. That's fundamentally what it is, is it's practice. It's a commitment to doing something every day for a certain period of time, in this case, 42 days, an arbitrary enough length of time, but a fucking, you know, six weeks, doing something every day for six weeks is no fucking joke. You go and you do yourself fucking 10 or 20 push-ups every day for six weeks and tell me you don't see a fucking difference. Your shoulders will have more definition, your arms will have more definition, your chest will have more definition, you will be stronger. And the cool thing, especially for fellas, when if they can put on a bit of weight by do, or 
put on a bit of muscle mass, should I say, by doing 10 or 20 push-ups every day for six odd weeks or so, what happens is your body fat percentage declines. You're not losing weight. You're not losing body fat. But let's say you have, just to keep things simple, you have, you weigh 100 kilos. And we'll forget about bones and arteries and all the rest of it, okay? We'll say 80 kilos of that is muscle and 20 kilos of it is fat. You have 20% body fat. That's what your BMI is. 20% body fat. You weigh 100 kilos, you've 80 kilos of muscle, 20 kilos of fat. We're forgetting about bones and arteries and, and all the rest of it, water retention. We're just dumbing this down really simple. If you weigh 100 kilos and, you're, and you've 80 kg of muscle and 20 kilos of fat, you've, your body is made up of 20% fat. But if for every kilo of lean muscle mass that you put on, your percentage body fat decreases. You don't have to lose any. You can still have 20 kilos of body fat. But if you go from having 80 kilos of muscle and 20 kilos of body fat to having 150 kilos of muscle and only 20 kilos of body fat, your body fat percentage plummets. So it's a cool trick for guys. You can get bigger and have less fat without ever losing any fat, without actually having to go through any kind of weight loss or any kind of calorie-restricted diet. That's just an interesting aside. Where the fuck was I? Push-ups. That's where I was. Yeah, so put it this way. If you're listening to this every day, and you're go- you intend to listen to it every day for the next fucking six weeks, throw in ten push-ups before you listen to it. Build it into your day, if you can. Or, you know, commit to something. Lent is a great time. Like, it's traditionally the time when you give up something but i don't know how big a f- i don't know how big a fan i am of the idea of giving up stuff i think you're far better off to start doing something as opposed to giving up something now ideally i suppose you would start doing something that would essentially stop you doing something else but it's a more it's a more positive way of doing it it's more proactive doing something is harder i think than than not doing something broad sweeping generalization alert but yeah, as I said, if you're that way inclined, you want to see some difference in yourself. For the guys, I couldn't recommend push-ups and sit-ups enough for the reasons that I outlined. For the girls, I don't know, fucking pick something. The idea being, if you're committing to listening to this every day for the next six weeks, it's a good, it, it gives you a little bit of structure and it gives me a little bit of structure. It's great for me. And essentially what I'm doing, speaking extemporaneously, there we go, as I do, it's great practice for me, and it's exactly like what I get the guys to do down in warrior training, only it's, it's essentially intellectual warrior training. That's essentially what it is, because the more articulate that you can become, and the more that you can get your ideas and your thoughts in line and in order and information, just the better adapted you are and the better suited you are to overcoming the inevitable bollocks of life. But speaking of practice... Practice for what? Here's one for you. So, Kiva, my four-year-old, turned around to me the other other day and she goes, Daddy, what do you want to be when you grow up? And before I could fucking articulate an answer, what popped into my head was a public speaker. I have never had... I was going to say I've never had aspirations of being a public speaker. I suppose I have had to a certain degree. But I certainly never would have had it at the tip of my tongue if somebody was to ask me what you want to be when you grow up. A public fucking speaker. And it was funny because I was actually shocked by 
the thought that populated in my mind. And I've spoken about thoughts before. And something to something that people need to know or can get great benefit from knowing is that you shouldn't identify with your thoughts. Your thoughts aren't you in a weird way. What you do with your thoughts and how you put those thoughts into action, that's you. But you should never feel bad about having a kind of a shitty thought. And the example that I gave before on this was, I think it was when Kiva was a baby and herself was away one evening she was out with a meal or something and I was at home looking after the baby and I looked over the baby was in a crib or a cot or whatever it was and I had that really fucking stereotypical moment whereby you know it's typically a mother goes fuck is my baby breathing like if anybody's ever had a baby in the house there's always that little fright of oh my god is is it breathing and I had that little kind of jolt that little fuck is, is she breathing And the thought that populated in my mind was, fuck, I hope she doesn't die on my watch. My beautiful, perfect little baby. I hope she doesn't die on my watch. And if you you read into that, like, what, what is that saying? You prefer, if she was going to die, that she die on your wife's watch. You'd want to put that on your wife, would you? But again... Just because a thought populates itself in in your mind, you don't have to take ownership of it. You can recognise it as a bit messed up, which that certainly was. You shouldn't be knee-jerkingly go, I hope she doesn't die on my watch. Like The fucking level of fucking selfishness there is just off the charts. You know, you're, you're, you're more worried about it being in some way... You're more worried in some... You're more worried in some way of being culpable for what happened than what actually happened. It's almost as though you could, ah, yeah, you know, she dies, whatever. So long as I'm not involved, it doesn't really matter. As long as I can, you know, blame the wife. (laughs) What the fuck? Like, how messed up is that? But again, just because I had that thought doesn't mean that that's, you know, a strongly held belief of mine. And I suppose one one of the reasons it's important to get your thoughts in order is to get your beliefs in order. So you know what it is that you believe in. You have some form of congruency within yourself for want of a better term so what I'm doing is practice speaking as I am extemporaneously like this it's practice practice for what public speaking possibly what kind of public speaking I've fucked if I know but that's the that's that's what I like about it there's that's the that's the creative element of it oozing out of me I don't know what it's for and that's that's the point that that's a sign that you're it's a sign that you're engaged it's a, there's this thing called a, a flow state and you can have there's a million different types of flow states but essentially for me at least what fundamentally defines a flow state is you lose all sense of time you are completely totally and utterly caught up in the moment now typically a flow state will be will happen to you when you're when you're doing something that you're really engaged in whatever it is let's say you're a painter or you like just sketching or whatever it is, whatever. Typically it's a, not typically, but often it's a, a creative endeavor that you will, you lose your, you'll just lose yourself in it. You'll, you'll forget. And I'd imagine shopping can even be like this for a lot of people. But it's whenever you lose all 
sense of time. So you're sketching away in your little notepad or you're maybe you're writing notes or whatever it is and you're engaged and you're focused. And then you go, holy shit, I was supposed to collect the kids from school four hours ago. I thought I only sat down for 10 minutes. Fucking hell. That's really indicative of what's called a flow state. And in order for one of these flow states to manifest itself, you need to be present. You you need to be lost in the moment. You need to be fully engaged. And when I'm doing warrior training with the kids, I am engaged. They're engaged. When I'm doing this podcast, I'm engaged. Time, it can drag at times depending on, <laughs> depending on how fucking articulate I am on any given day of the week. But what I'm aiming for is to get into a flow state. And you know, you can tell I've hit a flow state by... By signing off by going, holy shit, it's 20 minutes, I have to fucking go, good luck. But another another defining feature of a, of a flow state is, in order to, to get into a flow state, you need to know what you're doing. And at the, not even know what you're doing, but you need to... You need to have practice what you're doing. You're, you're never going to achieve a flow state by trying something for the first time. Unless you're some sort of a fucking savant and it just comes to you perfectly naturally. But for the most part, you'll find yourself in a flow state when you're doing something that you're proficient in. If you're learning how to do something, it's, 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 it's a different thing. A flow state will generally only kind of manifest when you're, when you're doing something that comes naturally to you. There's a, there's a what's the word or the term? I suppose it's just doing something that you're proficient in. Something that you have a certain level of mastery of. Which which focuses the mind. You're completely you're completely engaged in whatever it is that you're doing. And I suppose for me with the podcast in particular, I don't know what it is that I'm going to say. I don't talk about the same specific thing all the time. So in one sense, I don't have proficiency. I've never, I've never recorded anything like I'm recording now before. But I do have over fucking 320 episodes at this stage. The overwhelming majority of which are, are solos. It's just my own, it's just the musings of a fucking madman, basically. But the conversations, like they're not exactly short. But they're, the conversations are incredibly engaging. And to, I don't know, I can't speak for listening to them. But I know recording them, like it's it's nearly, it's a defining feature of the conversations that I've had. You get to the end of it, and it's like, holy shit, it's three hours, dude. I have to go home. I have to fucking go to work. I have to do fucking whatever. I have to get the fuck out of here. And it's gas because you say it to people when you're saying when you're when you're when you're saying to them, you know, would you come on? And they're, they're kind of hemming and hawing about, and you're they're like, well, how long will it go on for? Because they need to know how much time out of their day it's going to take. And I say, oh, well, generally it's out in between two and four hours. And they just look at you as if to say, like, how is that even fucking possible? Like, how could you rab it on for fucking two, three, four hours? But because it's so engaging and because it's it's specifically, I think, because you don't really know what's happening. So if, if I was to speak to a doctor and I was to say, look, I'd love to get you on the podcast and we'll speak about nothing but medicine for four hours. That'd be a hard fucking conversation. But if I was to say to a doctor, sure, we'll sit down and we'll talk about whatever. What do you mean, whatever? Well, I mean, whatever, like fucking telegraph poles, leaves, stones, pallets, you know, whatever the fuck it is that floats your boat, whatever you want to talk about, let's talk about that. Because when you don't know where you're going, there's, I don't know, there's, there's, a, there's a heightened level of engagement there. It's, it's the opposite of boring, whatever that is. So if you know exactly what's going to happen, like if I sat down to you, if I, if I said to somebody, 
Right, we'll sit down and have a four-hour conversation. For the first five minutes, we're going to talk about this. For the second five, this. Third five, this. And I had the four-hour conversation mapped out exactly what it was going to be and exactly the questions that I was going to ask. Like, to me, that's just pure fucking tediousness. Pure, pure boredom. Like, fuck that noise. I want to be engaged. I want to be kind of on the edge of my seat. I want to not know what's coming around the corner, but at the same time know that anything could be coming around the corner. You never know what somebody's going to fucking say back to you. And every solo that I've done is essentially practice for every conversation that I'm going to have, either recorded or, or otherwise. And I suppose, now that I think about it, and this is maybe this is what I was looking for, maybe this is what has come out of the wash. What I'm doing now is essentially public speaking. Granted, it's not in front of a fucking crowd or whatever else, but it is public speaking. I mean, you're speaking and it's to a relatively large audience. So maybe the solos... Like maybe when I when Kiva asked me what do you want to be when you grow up, and the thought that populated itself in my mind was a public speaker. Maybe it's not what I want to be when I grow up. Maybe it's what I am now, because there's a weirdness to that. Like to use the analogy of mixed martial arts. On day one, I didn't feel like a fighter. On day one hundred, I didn't feel like a fighter. You know, five years in, I had a fight coming up, and. I was beginning to kind of, sort of, maybe feel like a fighter. And then I won that, and I was like, right, well, I've I fought once. Does, does fighting once make you a fighter? And then I fought again, and I was like, okay, I, like, I fought twice. Like, can I call myself a fighter now? Like, I, it, it's not as though there's one day when you get anointed a fighter, or anointed a tennis player. And it's the same, I suppose, with your life, with what you want to become. You can only really define who and what you are in hindsight. And on that note, I'll chat to you tomorrow.